Inflation hits a 20-year high and interest rates could now start rising as soon as next week. James Packer set to vote for Blackstone's takeover of Crown Resorts. And just how much has the housing market come off the boil? It's Thursday, the 28th of April, 2022. Welcome to Fear and Greed, Australia's most popular business podcast. I'm Michael Thompson and good morning, Sean Aylmer. Good morning, Michael. Now, it's a Thursday. Exciting day for we Fear and Greed people. Oh, Thursday every week is a very good day because there is a new episode of our weekly podcast, Safe Word by Fear and Greed, out today. Yeah, we have talked about all sorts of uh, business-related things, you know, flight shame and whether Alba's COVID isolation has harmed his election chances, work birthday parties and the excruciating moments of embarrassment when you've got to find yourself singing in front of all those other people in your workplace, all those sorts of things, those very important issues. Yeah, that's right. Look, there is real business news and business chat in amongst all of that. So it's definitely worth having a listen. It is now available on your podcast platform, wherever you listen to podcasts. Just search for Safe Word by Fear and Greed. Make sure you hit follow or subscribe and uh, yeah, let us know what you think. And immediately after this show here today, stay listening as well for Sean's chat with Diana Messina from AMP. Of course, today, Diana is talking about what is our main story this morning, an interest rate hike next week in the middle of the election campaign. Well, it's now a real possibility, Sean, after inflation surged to its highest level in 20 years during the March quarter. Yes, the headline inflation rate jumped to 5.1% for the 12 months to the end of March. Now, that's the largest rise since the introduction of the GST back in 2000, when most prices went up by 10%. The cost of housing, fuel and education drove the increases. Food was also more expensive, particularly vegetables, fruit and beef. Now, the all-important underlying inflation rate, which the Reserve Bank considers when contemplating changes to the official cash rate, jumped to 3.7%, up from 2.6% in the December quarter. It is now sustainably within, or in this case, above, the central bank's 2 to 3% target range, a precondition for lifting interest rates. Sean, everyone knew inflation was rising. Did the Bureau of Stats figures match expectations? Well, no, because they were actually higher, and that's why market economists are now wondering if the official cash rate could rise next week when the Reserve Bank Board meets. There's plenty out there who think it will. While some analysts say it would be too political to lift rates during an election campaign, not lifting rates is an equally political decision. So I reckon Governor Philip Lowe will do whatever he thinks the economy needs and pretty much ignore the electoral cycle. The reason they wouldn't move is because they want to see more on what's happening with wages. The bank has said it wants wages growth to pick up before moving on rates, but the sharp spike in prices unveiled yesterday may well be enough to convince it to move next week. Otherwise, it will almost certainly move in June. How much though, Sean, how much are they likely to move by? Ah, very good question. Everyone seems to think the central bank wants to get back to increments of one quarter of a percent. So the cash rate is now 0.1%. The next move is likely 0.15 percentage points. That would take it to 0.25 or 0.4 percentage points, which would take it to 0.5. I reckon the latter is more likely. An even better question is how much will the bank move this year? And that seems to be more than one percentage point and probably closer to one and a half percentage points. What's that mean? 
Well, variable rate loans would be around 4% by the end of the year, if that's the case. Sean, what did the pollies have to say about it? Obviously, cost of living is at the forefront of everybody's mind, and it's become really one of the central issues of the election campaign. Yes, it certainly has. Prime Minister Scott Morrison was ready for the announcement with a bar chart comparing Australia's rate of inflation to other nations. While 5.1% is high, it's still below many other countries, including the United States and the United Kingdom. He also suggested that it was okay to have a rate rise in an election campaign. Treasurer Josh Frydenberg pointed out that the macroeconomic outlook was very positive. That's all true. Shadow Treasurer Jim Chalmers highlighted the gap between costs and incomes, saying the government had no real plan to fix the cost of living crisis. Not sure about the latter part, but certainly the gap between costs and incomes is increasing. Okay. So how did all of this data, obviously got a lot of attention yesterday, how did it affect local markets? Well, the inflation news hit high growth stocks and tech companies hardest. That's because they are, in part, priced against future interest rate expectations. And so if rates are rising, future earnings will be hurt. By the end of the day, the S&P ASX 200 closed down 0.8% to 7,261 points. Now, among the tech stocks, WiseTech Global and Zero, the big two fell around 1%. Email payments was down 6%. Remember, it dropped 38% on Tuesday. Mm. Afterpay owner Block was also down 6%, while Buy Now Pay Later Group Zipco was off 5%. Share prices were tumbling everywhere. The banks were down. Commonwealth Bank, National Australia Bank, Westpac and Macquarie all fell by 2% or more. ANZ was off 2.5%. The retailers did poorly. Woolies and Coles were both down more than 2% and West Farmers fell 1.5%. On the other side of the ledger, Michael, the energy stocks did pretty well after oil prices gained ground. Woodside was up 0.7%. Santos rose nearly 1%. Whitehaven Coal was the best performer yesterday, closing up more than 5%. Now, interest rate expectations and interest rates affect much more than equities. In the bond market, short-term yields jumped, whereas long-term yields, what you get back on a 10-year bond, for example, fell. So what's the bond market telling us? It's saying that the Reserve Bank will hike rates very, very soon and keep hiking rates aggressively throughout the year. The Aussie dollar jumped after the release of the inflation figures. Remember, it's been beaten up in recent sessions off the back of lower prices for some commodities and expectations of big rate hikes in the US. But now that the local central bank is expected to move sooner rather than later, the Aussie dollar is more attractive to investors. It's currently trading under 72 US cents. Sean, you're sounding a little bit croaky this morning. I am. It's been a very big 24 hours. I've been doing far too much talking and I've almost lost my voice. I feel quite bad for dragging you out of bed this early to do this now. You do not. That is a total lie. That is a lie to the listeners. I don't I don't feel that bad, but you just <laughs> need a cup of tea, you need lemon in it, and you need a, about a, t- a tablespoon of honey, and that is a foolproof way of regaining your voice. Okay. I'll see how I go. I've got the cup of tea in my hand at the moment, to be honest, Michael. Well, uh, and Fear and Greed has just become a home remedy podcast. That's there right. you go. Excellent. Fantastic. <laughs> All right. We'll be back in a moment with the rest of the day's business news. Sean, we mentioned how the politicians reacted to the inflation data yesterday, but there's obviously plenty more happening in the campaign as well. And Labor has promised $5 billion in savings if elected. Yes, it will pull back the use of consultants by government and tackle tax evasion by multinationals. 
That's worth $5 billion. Bit of a chestnut, that one, I must say, for all parties. If elected on May 21, Labor would also conduct a waste audit into government spending. Any money saved will be used to fund spending promises to deliver a broader economic dividend. Shadow Treasurer Jim Chalmers said the climate war's also got to run with the coalition distancing itself from comments by National Senator Matt Canavan that the government's net zero emissions target is dead. Deputy Nationals leader David Littleproud said the world had moved past Matt Canavan. The Business Council of Australia and Minerals Council even came out supporting net zero as well. The Prime Minister was talking up the government's regional credentials, saying people in the country don't want to be derided by the green left. He's very much pushing the green left view at the moment. He said Labor would worsen the polarisation between city and country. Morrison promised that the coalition would create 450,000 jobs in regional Australia by 2027. Sean, there are reports around today that James Packer is set to vote his 37% stake in Crown Resorts for the Blackstone takeover. That would end a 20-year involvement with Crown for James Packer. Originally, the deadline for voting was yesterday, but that's been delayed a month while Blackstone gets through probity approvals. Of course, the board of Crown has recommended the $9.8 billion bid, but Packer was always going to be the kingmaker. If he votes for it, and the Financial Review is saying he will, he'll walk away with around $3.3 billion. It's undoubtedly a decision based on mixed emotions for him. Packer used all his financial and political clout to get the 72-storey Barangaroo Hotel, restaurant and apartment complex built in Sydney against some very strident opposition. He has said he wanted to leave a landmark for Sydney, and certainly he's done that. Of course, the facility is still waiting on a gaming licence from New South Wales regulators. Sean, property group Dexus will buy the bulk of AMP's remaining funds management business for somewhere around $550 million. Yes, thus ending plenty of speculation about what's going to happen to the AMP capital operations, which includes about $28 billion in real estate and infrastructure assets. It means that AMP won't spin out the business into Collimate Capital, as had been planned. The final cost will depend on exactly what shifts from AMP Capital to Dexas. Now, Dexas is a top 40 company on the ASX, and boss Darren Steinberg said the deal would help grow its funds management strategy. Its share price closed up 2% yesterday, which is a fair effort given that the market was lower. The chair of Commonwealth Bank, Catherine Livingston, will retire in August, Sean. Yes, Ms Livingston has been chair since January 2017 and has overseen the bank during the Royal Commission, a bunch of governance scandals and during the pandemic, of course. The main job of the chair is to appoint the CEO and Ms Livingston put Matt Common in the role after former boss Ian Narev was forced out. It's probably fair to say that the chair has done a pretty good job with the bank now worth about $177 billion. The new chair will be Paul O'Malley. He formerly ran Bluescope, Australia's biggest steelmaker. He was running it at a time when the company was struggling and is credited for turning it around. He's been a director of Commonwealth Bank since January 2019. All right. We love talking about house prices, Sean. It's just been such an extraordinary ride over the last kind of 18 months or so, but new figures show that the pace of growth in house prices across the capital cities is one-tenth what it was late last year. Yeah, quite incredible, isn't it? We knew house price growth was slowing, but uh, one-tenth. So the new data from Property Group Domain shows just how much capital cities particularly have slowed. In some capital cities, Melbourne, Sydney and Canberra, house prices are static or actually falling. 
while in others, notably Brisbane and Adelaide, they're still growing pretty quickly. Overall, regional Australia is doing better than the capital cities. The median house price across the country is now $1.07 million. In Sydney, it's $1.6 million. The median unit price is $617,000. Big, big numbers. And Michael, just quickly while talking housing, the Commonwealth Bank yesterday said it will roll out discounted home loans to owner-occupiers with energy-saving houses. So customers with solar panels who don't use gas could get an interest rate nearly half a percent lower than the standard variable rate. All right. A few smaller stories for you, Sean. Gold digger Northern Star has warned of rising production costs. Miners are really struggling to contain costs at the moment. Northern Star's share price dropped more than 5% after its announcement. Not helping was missing expectations of gold production out of its flagship Kalgoorlie Super Pit. Also yesterday, copper, zinc, silver and gold miner 29 metals downgraded guidance on the back of supply chain pressures and labour shortages. Its share price fell 4.5%. The share price of Life360, Sean, fell 25% yesterday after the tech platform said it had abandoned plans to list in the US. Chief Executive Chris Hulls also said Life360 had adjusted its guidance for cash flow, meaning break-even wouldn't be until the final quarter of 2023 and then profitability after that. Now, its share price is down 71.5% from its 52-week high. Okay. Now, Downer EDI CEO Grant Fenn says the group has had a tough start to 2022. Yes, he forecast staff shortages due to COVID and flood disruption would cost the company around $55 million. Downer is mostly in urban services companies looking after roads and utility networks. His comments, though, weren't as bad as some had expected. And in fact, its share price jumped nearly 5% yesterday. Wow. Okay. Moving on to overseas news and Moscow is weaponizing its gas output. Yes. It's set to halt the flow of gas to Poland and Bulgaria, which puts pressure on the two nations located close to Ukraine. Russian President Vladimir Putin two months ago said all countries had to pay rubles for Russian gas and warned he'd cut supplies of buyers didn't comply. Now, they haven't complied, and this is really the first test of that ruling, and potentially the first of several spats between Moscow and other European countries that rely heavily on Russian gas. Okay, we've spoken plenty, Sean, about Elon Musk's bid for Twitter, but we haven't said much about how Tesla's share price has reacted. It fell 12% yesterday. That's worth about $125 billion US dollars, or just a touch under the total market capitalization of the Commonwealth Bank. Incredible, isn't it? That that is. The fall meant that Tesla's market cap fell below one trillion US dollars to just over nine hundred billion US dollars. The main reason for the slump is that Musk is partly funding his forty-four billion US dollar takeover of Twitter using a twelve and a half billion dollar loan secured against his Tesla stake. That has heaped pressure on Tesla's stock price. And Sean, just in the same space, profit at Alphabet, parent of Google, fell $1.5 billion US dollars on the back of weaker results at its YouTube division. Yes, and it shows that there's a slowdown in momentum in internet advertising at the moment. Part of the reason is Russia's invasion of Ukraine, which has had a ripple effect across all of Europe. Google is part of the tech-heavy Nasdaq, as is Tesla. The Nasdaq yesterday experienced its biggest sell-off since September 2020. Tech stocks, Michael, are not in fashion at the moment. No, certainly not. All right, up next is the Fear and Greed daily interview. And today, Sean, you're speaking with Diana Messina from AMP. 
Sure, Em, we talk about the inflation figures. Diana thinks that the Reserve Bank will move by 40 basis points on Tuesday. She explains why and how many other rate cuts will occur later this year. Yeah, it's a fantastic chat. That's up next in the Fear and Greed playlist on your podcast platform or at fearandgreed.com.au. Thank you, Sean. Thank you, Michael. Rest that voice. I will. Okay, it's Thursday, the 28th of April, 2022. Make sure you're following the podcast. Join us online on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook. And don't forget to go and check out that new episode of Safe Word by Fear and Greed. It is out today and hit follow on that one as well. I'm Michael Thompson, and that was Fear and Greed. Have a great day.